Who wouldn't want to have a few injections and have our excess body fat disappear? I know I would. Mesotherapy? Lipodissolve? Is it safe for our patients? You're listening to ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Dr. Joel Schlesinger, a practicing dermatologist who is also the immediate past president of the American Society of Cosmetic Dermatology and Aesthetic Surgery. Welcome, Joel. Hello, Michael. How are you doing? Excellent. First of all, tell us a bit about yourself and your career. Just give us a one-minute capsule summary here. Well, I'm a practicing dermatologist in Omaha, Nebraska. Kind of started my career all around the place. I was born in Ohio, moved to Connecticut, Rhode Island, various other places in between, and did my medical training at Washington University of St. Louis for my dermatology residency. And you do a lot of cosmetic work these days. I do a bit of cosmetic and medical as well, and do research for various dermatologic studies like for psoriasis and for wrinkles and other things like this mesotherapy-like substance called deoxycholate. All right. Well, you did a great editorial in the recent Dermatology Times about mesotherapy and lipodissolve specifically. And according to your editorial, these words are becoming mainstream lingo. What are these things and what are they supposed to do? What do they purport to do? Let's put it that way. <laughs> Good question. They purport to dissolve fat, and probably they do a little bit, but not every bit. For example, a lot of people go into these clinics that are now set up across the country and, frankly, world to have their fat dissolved and come out with a little bit less than what they had, but not exactly what they thought they would get out of the procedure. So, unfortunately, what we're finding is that this procedure is something where the allure of losing your fat, which is arguably a, a very nice thing to have happen, has preceded the ability for that to go through clinical research and find out, number one, whether it's safe, and number two, whether it's effective. We do that in just about every clinical trial that we go through in medicine, and for very good reason. The FDA was created back in the earlier part of the 20th century and refined in the 1930s to be the FDA that we know and I guess I should say deal with as... You were going to say love, right? I get that. You know, Michael, I don't know that anybody loves being regulated. You know, me especially. We hate the process of being regulated because obviously it sometimes takes drugs away from us and it sometimes makes our lives very difficult because, you know, for example, you have Accutane and that's probably the poster child of regulation by the FDA and most dermatologists and certainly clinicians out there would say this is a very important drug. It does have some risks and liabilities and we have been alternatively kept from using it or kept from using it easily. Okay, Joel, let's get refocused back on PCDC, though, in this case. Right. So basically, the FDA hasn't had the process of going through the regulation of PCDC. So back in, say, the early 2000s, 2003, 
one of the many companies that produces PCDC that is used in this process for mesotherapy or lipidazole or whatever have it, went to the FDA and said, what would it take to do a study on this? And the FDA said, you know, the usual stuff. You have to do quite a few tests. It's going to be millions of dollars, and here's what we want to have. The company did an end round against the FDA and said, you know, that's just a little bit too much money. We weren't really planning on spending that amount of money, so we're just going to kind of bring it out and put it into all these clinics, and it's a great idea, and we're going to make this lipidissolve clinic, and it's going to be all glitzy, and people are going to love it. And guess what? They did. They loved the concept. Only problem is that the company that did it, FIG, which is now out of business, and another company called MedSculpt, which is now out of business, didn't have any concept of doing any testing on it. And a lot of people suffered problems and, frankly, were very disappointed with the treatments. What kind of problems did people have with it? Some people had ulcerations, people had bloating, there were irregularities of the skin, kind of dimpling, rippling, and frankly, a lot of people simply didn't have any results whatsoever. Well, who's using this stuff? Is it all physicians or are we getting this stuff in beauty shops and things? In in beauty shops and on the internet, you can actually go on the internet and pick up some of this stuff to send to your own house to do in the comfort and convenience of your own back room. I saw that. I went on the internet, I Googled it, and I found I could buy a package, all the chemicals, and a video showing me how to use it. Isn't that great? It's just medicine. You know, when next they'll have neurosurgery in your back room and give you the burr hole tool. <laughs> so is there any real science here? Yes, I think there is, Michael. And that's the sad part is that I really do think that this process has some positive nature, and I would like to see if it does indeed work. Now, I am actually working on a product that is going through the FDA. It's deoxycholate. It's one half of what is typically being used out there in these lipodissolved shops that are run by non-physicians typically or have a physician as the figurehead. But deoxycholate has gone through some phase two testing, and it shows some improvements. It's going to take time before it is actually ready for prime time. And that's what pretty much should have happened with the other stuff that is out there, the PCDC, what we call lipodissolve. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I'm speaking with Dr. Joel Schlesinger about the dangers of mesotherapy, injections that supposedly dissolve excess fat. To get back to this, we're talking about PCDC. Let's tell our listeners what PCDC is. PCDC is phosphatidylcholine deoxycholate. Phosphatidylcholine is a soy-based derivative, and deoxycholate, or it's, it's actually lecithin, is PC, phosphatidylcholine, and deoxycholate is a bile, cow bile-based derivative. So we could say this is all-natural therapy, correct? <laughs> and believe me, it has been said. <laughs> So the deoxycholate is just the deoxycholate, the bile-derived part of this, but it's made under medical supervision, and it's made from closed-herd cows, and it's produced in a very safe environment, whereas the PCDC that we're getting here that is being used in shops all across the country, who knows where it comes from? It's compounded in various pharmacies, both offshore, including Brazil, the EU, and the United States, and it's a very black market type of thing, believe me. 
So do we have any responsibility as physicians to warn the public about this? I don't see any warnings. I see mesotherapy. Every time I go to my fax in my office, I see an ad trying to sell it to me to use. I see it all over the place. What are we supposed to do here? Well, I think that I was in many ways made aware of this type of thing and made aware of our right to inform other people by the Botox scandal. I mean, we got faxes just like that for Chinese Botox for years, and we all kind of assumed that something was being done about it. We assumed that this was some crazy shoestring operation and that nobody in their right mind would ever use this stuff because it wasn't FDA-approved. It was saying clearly, well, not FDA-approved, it's for testing, et cetera, et cetera. And sure enough, we had colleagues that ended up using this stuff and nearly killing people with that Chinese Botox. So in my mind, it's an onus upon us to self-regulate. We do not want to have the same thing happen to our profession that happened when the Chinese Botox came around and essentially scared people off for you know some time from using the Botox because there were some corrupt and criminal elements, frankly, that were circulating the stuff for profit. Okay, so you recently worked with a senator in Nebraska, Rich Pauls, to introduce legislation. Talk about that. Well, it was interesting, Michael. I did introduce the legislation, and right now there is anecdotal evidence that this mesotherapy that is being done or lipidissolved has caused a lot of problems. For example, in St. Louis, before FIG, the place that was doing the lipidissolve, closed down and went bankrupt, they had over 300 complaints with the Better Business Bureau. I mean, that's a huge amount of complaints for somewhere like three years of business. And most of those complaints came after it came out that this process didn't really help and the company was being poor and wasn't refunding people's monies and was encountering problems. So we brought some of these complaints to the Nebraska State Legislature And I think they were interested, but there wasn't as much mechanism for us to bring people to the table because there's not a concerted effort. There's no American society to ban lipidissolve yet. And so they said, well, where's the uh, outrage here? And I said, you know, there is a lot of concern in the community. There's a lot of concern among people, but there's nobody that's organized. And so what they did was they tabled the bill for this year. We have to get back to them next year and show them more information. And we've had some people that have contacted us through this process because it's now been out in the open and have said, you know, I had lipidissolve and it was bad and I have this problem and that problem. And so it actually was a good trial run because we did get some ability for us to gather some of the troops that have been harmed by this process. Additionally, we kind of flushed out the people that were doing it and, oh, it's just... For example, a clinic in Nebraska that's doing it is run by a lawyer, of all things. I mean, I can't believe it. A lawyer that opened up a clinic, and he was so proud of how he was Wait, making... wait, you can't believe that a lawyer would do that? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It just sounds too funny to me. I can. Call me a, call me a Pollyanna, mm. but I just thought that medicine was supposed to be run by doctors. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, this lawyer comes out there, and he's at the meeting. He's saying, yeah, we proudly employ eight people, and we've done this, and we've never had any problems. Meanwhile, I'm having people that are saying, yeah, I was harmed by him. Yep, yep, we were harmed, yep. And we're sitting there thinking, how can this person so baldly deny what he 
is doing here and that it's and say that it's right and this is okay to do. It's kind of like going back to the uh, 80s, a laetrile clinic and taking cancer patients and giving them laetrile and, and letting them die instead. I just don't understand that. Well, I think in America we have the right to screw ourselves up, don't we? <laughs> we can do it any way we want to. We can shoot stuff in, we can smoke it, whatever. Yes, we do. But on the other hand, do other people have the right to facilitate that? You know, say I have some deadly disease or something, I just want to ignore my disease and use pomegranate juice to cure it. Yeah, I have that right. But then again, if somebody opens up a clinic and says, hey, here's pomegranate juice for, you know, treatment of X disease and we're a great clinic and start advertising for it, I think that that's when it crosses the line. Joel, thanks for being our guest today and telling us about the dangers of mesotherapy so we can inform our patients and not send away for that stuff ourselves. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMDXM is here for you, the health professionals who care for your patients. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, where our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Register on the website and enter promo code radio for six months of free podcasts, and we thank you for listening.